is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I have been chomping at the bit. We need to recalibrate things. It's a lot of propaganda out there. So let's begin. Mr. McCabe was the equivalent of a dirty cop. Mr. Comey is the equivalent of a dirty cop. The FBI itself, through its independent offices, the Inspector General at the Department of Justice and the Office of Professional Responsibility at the FBI, asked the Attorney General to get rid of the Deputy Director of the FBI, who was a dirty cop. I'm not suggesting he took money, but you don't let it be dirty to take money. I'm suggesting he put his thumb his thumb on the scales of justice or he took his thumb and destroyed the scales of justice you cannot have a deputy director of the FBI in a public trust I emphasize the word trust who is a leaker and then when confronted by his own FBI lies And he lied because he knew what he did was wrong. He interfered with the presidential election by participating in obstructing and covering up the investigation of Hillary Clinton and her serial violations of the Espionage Act. I hope you're listening to me, Marco Rubio. I hope you're listening to me, Lindsey Graham, because you sound like fools right now. People who defend dirty cops tend to be dirty politicians. Dirty reporters who benefit from dirty cops. You've seen the old movies. Mr. Comey was a dirty cop. Mr. Comey was the head of the FBI. All of the corruption, all the political partisanship that's taken place at the highest levels of the FBI stop at Mr. Comey's desk. The buck stops there. Mr. Comey himself was a leaker, and he created an environment of leakers. McCabe authorized leaks. So who leaked? It's either Mr. Stroke or his girlfriend, Ms. Page, among others. Who was Mr. Stroke? He was the head of counterintelligence, who closed the book on Hillary Clinton and opened the book on Donald Trump. This is why the media will not honestly discuss this. This is why the Democrats are throwing mud against the wall. This is why the usual weak Republicans are exposing themselves yet again. Dirty FBI agents. And the FBI is trying to cleanse itself. The institutional FBI is fighting against the dirty cops. Who's attacking the institution of the FBI? Not the president, not the attorney general. They're attacking the dirty cops. The Democrats are defending the dirty cops. The media are defending the dirty cops. 
And some Republicans are too. Marco Rubio's very concerned about the way in which the way in which Mr. McCabe was released right before he got his pension. Mr. Rubio. Mr. McCabe will still get the money he put into his pension, but we the taxpayers will not be contributing to his retirement. Because what he did, according to the Office of Professional Responsibility, was so over the top that they recommended to the Attorney General that he be fired before the taxpayers contribute to his retirement. And yet, we had Democrats on Capitol Hill who say they're going to hire him or want to hire him to make sure he gets his pension. A dirty cop, because they're dirty politicians. The head of the Office of Professional Responsibility was appointed by no other than former FBI Director Robert Mueller. The head of the Office of the Inspector General, the Inspector General himself, was appointed by no other than Barack Obama. Those are the officers that exposed this dirty cop. Those are the officers that together urged his removal. And lest we forget, the new FBI director, Ray, immediately suspended him until his time at the FBI was up. So you have Ray, the inspector general, the Office of Professional Responsibility, and all of a sudden it's Donald Trump's fault. This is how corrupt Washington, D.C. is. You have a corrupt, a corrupt cop at the top of the FBI a corrupt cop at the second top highest position in the FBI. That's exactly what took place. And both corrupt cops were keeping notes. They were keeping book. Why? Well, for two reasons. If the situation presented itself to blackmail the President of the United States, why else would they keep not, uh, notes? Because they're corrupt. And if that situation didn't present itself, then they get even with the President of the United States. Neither man kept notes on Barack Obama. Comey says he didn't. We haven't heard from McKay, but I, I bet a fortune that he didn't. Why is that? Because they're corrupt. That's why. Corrupt. Now, McCabe says his leaks were authorized by the director of the FBI at the time. The director of the FBI at the time was Jim Comey. Jim Comey testified, as you've seen now, under oath to the Senate Judiciary Committee in response to Senator Grassley that he never authorized leaks. So Mr. Comey should be brought in front of a federal grand jury if one had been impaneled for these purposes and questioned where his liberty is on the line rather than going on a book tour. Mr. McCabe should be brought before a federal grand jury and questioned under oath where his liberties on the line. Moreover, release the inspector general's report so the whole nation can see what McCabe did. Release the Office of Professional Responsibility report so the whole nation can see what they recommended in the case of McCabe. Release the FISA application that resulted, that resulted 
and spying through the back door on the Trump campaign, which obviously Mr. Comey signed off on, Mr. McCabe signed off on, among others, the corrupt cops, both of whom knew all about the dossier, all about Christopher Steele, all about the Russians, but concealed those material facts from a federal judge. So now, who's attacking the FBI? Who's attacking the FBI? The real FBI. The men and women of the FBI who chase down real criminals, who try to protect the American citizenry, who try to protect your bank accounts, your insurance, your mortgages, your streets, who try and fight terrorists and the Russians and the Chinese. That's not James Comey. That's not McCabe. That's not the rest of these crooked cops who wanted to ensure that Donald Trump would become president of the United States, who wanted to ensure that Hillary Clinton would. And once Trump was nominated, they aimed all their barrels against the man, perverted every relevant aspect of our system to take him down, to take him down. James Comey, leaker. He didn't just deceive Congress. He didn't just deceive the men and women of the FBI. He deceived the American people. And now he's going to make a fortune off his book as the liberals and the Democrats buy his book because they assume it's anti-Trump. Signing off on a corrupt FISA application, signing off, according to McCabe, on leaks, illegal leaks, keeping notes on the president in order to blackmail him if the situation arose, but at a minimum to get even by giving his memos to one of his best friends, our new special prosecutor. Then we have, of course, McCabe, as I just said. McCabe, who was dirty from the start. Dirty from the start. He and his wife sending emails back and forth to each other, sending messages back and forth. He on official FBI accounts about her campaign. But you're not allowed to raise that, you see, because that means that you were out to get him. Everybody, sit quiet. Don't criticize Comey. Don't criticize McCabe. And I'll get to Mueller in a minute. I'll get to, to Mueller in a minute. And boy, to watch the old Obama crowd come out and trash the president of the United States over the weekend. And the voice they were all given by the Praetorian Guard media was difficult, wasn't it? It was, it was incredible. This guy, Brennan. This guy, Brennan, John Brennan, the CIA chief. Let me remind you about Mr. Brennan. Back in 2014. He spied on Congress. His CIA spied on Congress. He denied that his CIA was spying on Congress. Until a whistleblower came forward. The Hill newspaper, CIA officials improperly hacked the Senate Intelligence Committee's computers as staffers compiled a report on enhanced interrogation techniques. The spy agency's inspector general has concluded. And it went on. The admission is a stunning turn of events and the standoff between the two bodies, and directly contradicts Brennan's earlier claims 
that the agency would never snoop on the committee's computers. He should have been fired at once, dragged in front of a grand jury, and been forced to say under oath what he did or did not know. But he wasn't. Samantha Power came forward, warned, you better not piss off Brennan. A direct threat, as I put on my social sites immediately, you saw it was picked up by the media over the weekend, a direct threat against the President of the United States, who had nothing to do with the removal of McCabe. The FBI removed McCabe. They got rid of some of the poison among them, some of the dirty cops, for which they should be celebrated. That is the FBI. Samantha Power, September 20, 2017, the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., was unmasking at such a rapid pace, unmasking the names of American citizens. When our spy agencies are spying on foreigners, and then the names of American citizens come up, and then they remove the cover on their names, was unmasking at such a rapid pace in the final months of the Obama administration that she averaged more than one request for every working day in 2016, and even sought information in the days leading up to President Trump's inauguration, (coughs) multiple sources said. Two sources who were not authorized to speak on the record said the request to identify Americans whose names surfaced in foreign intelligence reporting, known as unmasking, exceeded 260 last year. One source indicated this occurred in the final days of the Obama administration. And then she testifies. And Trey Gowdy, don't get me started on that guy. I'm going to talk about him later, too. Now we just learned that her testimony for the House Oversight Committee, a closed-door interview, she said her name was used to obtain these, uh, uh, obtain these unprecedented unmasking. It wasn't her. So what did Trey Gowdy do to get to the bottom of it? Not a damn thing. But it was her and others who were unmasking the names of American citizens, surveilling American citizens for political reasons, and in some cases leaking their name to the Praetorian Guard media. Dirty. She's dirty. Brennan's dirty. Comey's dirty. McCabe's dirty. Dirty cops all. And there's Eric Holder. He was tweeting. Repeatedly lied about his knowledge about ATF allowing thousands of weapons to go to the Mexican drug cartels on Fast and Furious. Repeatedly refused to turn over information. Then it became known they found emails and other communication that he was up to it on his eyeballs. And so Congress, for the first time against an attorney general ever in the United States in 2013, held him in contempt for lying and obstructing. Holder targeted journalists, Fox, James Rosen, the Associated Press, unprecedented. He refused to investigate IRS abuses against Tea Party groups. The DOJ IG, the Inspector General, accused senior Justice Department officials under Holder of blocking access to documents. A dirty cop, another one. Dirty. And the Democrats defend every last one of them. And some of these Republicans do the same. More when I come back. 
these people were involved in, and in addition to the crimes they may have committed, what else did they do? What did Comey do? What did McCabe do? What did Power do? What did all of them do? They tried to interfere with our election. These public officials, some political appointees, some not, tried to influence the outcome of our election. And they were more effective, more organized, and have more support within the Democrat Party, even within the Republican Party, and certainly within the media, than the Russians could have ever dreamed of. So we had two forces trying to interfere with our election. The Russians... And the Obama administration. And the media. Three forces. But the Obama administration and the media can be considered as one. I'm not done. I'll be right back. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that you're not allowed to question a prosecutor? You're not allowed to question their motives, their tactics, their leaks? Did you know this? Oh, yeah. You're not allowed to challenge a prosecutor. Well, when did this happen? When the hell did this happen? You're not allowed to question the character or the credentials or the actions of a prosecutor? And you're the target or the defendant or or who knows what? Why not? Oh, you might undermine the prosecutor? Well, who cares? You might be the person he's going after. Yours might be the administration he's undermining. Since when are we not allowed to question a prosecutor? Since when are they held up higher than Supreme Court justices? When did that happen? Did that happen to Ken Starr? No, Google Ken Starr's name and see what they did to him. How about Menendez, the senator from New Jersey? Was he quiet about the prosecutor? Was he even quiet about the judge? Meanwhile, Goober Lindsey Graham went up there into a district court in New Jersey and testified for Menendez. Now he's all over TV. Shh, don't criticize the prosecutor. We'll criticize whoever we damn well want to criticize. We're not going to play by the rules of corrupt politicians. Lindsey Graham knows that the only way he gets FaceTime isn't because he's smart. He's dumb. Isn't because he's articulate. He's basically illiterate. He knows he gets FaceTime because he's a contrarian. That's why Jeff Flake is everywhere. Jeff Flake has no, zero credibility among the overwhelming majority of conservatives and Republicans. He couldn't get elected dog catcher in Arizona. But he's all over TV. Why? Because he knows if you're a horse's ass, the left-wing media will put you on TV. They never wanted to hear from Jeff Flake when he was a backbencher. They only want to hear from Jeff Flake because he's a big-mouth backbencher. 
Now, just to be clear, the attacks on the firing of this dirty cop, McCabe, are attacks on the inspector general's office at the FBI and attacks at the Office of Professional Responsibility at the FBI. The head of OPR, as I said, was appointed by Mueller when he was the FBI director, and the IG was appointed by Obama when he was president. So the attacks now on the recommendations to remove, to fire McCabe before he gets his pension. Again, I want to repeat, whatever money he put in, he gets out. But what these politicians appear to be saying is, you and I should have our tax dollars used to subsidize this dirty cop who tried to influence the outcome of this election. And I want you to remember another thing. All of this corruption occurred under Comey. McCabe, Stroke, Gates, all of them. Under Comey. Because he was a dirty cop who tried to influence the election. They found Marco Rubio. And so he was invited on Meet the Press. I wonder why. And here's what he said. Cut one, go. Let me start with Andrew McCabe's firing. Um, was he treated fairly? I don't like the now way... Now stop. Mr. Todd. Mr. Todd, are you so far in the tank? Are you so far in the tank that you show absolutely no character whatsoever? You deceive the American people with your inability to tell the truth? Was he treated fairly by whom, Mr. Todd? By whom? By the Inspector General? By the Office of Professional Responsibility? Are you suggesting, Mr. Todd, that they're corrupt? Are you suggesting that they couldn't do their job? You know what, Mr. Todd? You disgust me. Go ahead. Let me start with Andrew McCabe's firing. Um, Was he treated fairly? I don't like the way it happened. Uh, He should have been allowed to finish through the weekend. Um, So there is Marco Rubio. And we'll continue, so I'm not accused of taking him out of context. So a corrupt cop should have been able to finish throughout the week. And a man who authorized leaks, then lied, apparently, repeatedly, to internal independent investigators should have been able to finish out the weekend so you and I could pay for his pension for the rest of his life. Really? He violates his public trust as the number two guy at the FBI trying to influence this election. Not only leaked, which would be enough of a firing offense, but lied about it when he was confronted. According to Marco Rubio, he should have been able to finish his, job, his career over the weekend so you and I could contribute to his pension for the rest of his life. Do I have that right? What a disgrace. And don't call me on my cell phone either. Go ahead. Look, there's an inspector general uh, report that's due and work that's being done. And after he had retired, if that report would have indicated wrongdoing or something that was actionable, there are things that could have been done after the fact. But, uh, you know, 48 hours to go before retirement, I would have certainly done it differently. Really, Mr. Rubio? Well, how do you know they didn't want to do it 100 hours before? Or three weeks before. But that they were really, really trying to think through the best way to handle this. 
You would have done it differently. What would you have done, Mr. Rubio? Give the guy a lifetime pension? From the taxpayers? Absolutely incredible. And we have a conga line of Democrats who've been trying to hire this guy to protect his pension. They would never talk about a cop like this if the cop were in Baltimore or Chicago or New York or Philadelphia or San Francisco or L.A. or you name it. They'd be praising the mayor, praising the police chief. And yet, what is worse than a crooked director and deputy director of the FBI who leak, who lie about their leaks because they lie, because they know what they did is wrong, if not criminal, and they wanted to influence an investigation and the outcome of an election? I can't think of anything worse. Can you? Would it be better if we call them Russians? No, because this is being done from within. From within. Men with the highest public trust possible. And Mr. Rubio's worried that he won't get his pension. Go ahead. Report out there that hasn't come in. Are you concerned about damage this does to the FBI, to the Office of Professional Responsibility, who apparently made this recommendation? You know what, Mr. Todd? Shame on you, but you have no ability to be shamed. So in other words... This damages the FBI, the Office of Professional Responsibility, and the Inspector General's office, if not the Department of Justice, because they're trying to clean up what the Obama administration left behind. Again, the head of the IG, the IG himself, was appointed by Obama. The head of OPR was appointed by Mueller. Why didn't Mr. Todd mention that in this series of questions? And I don't much care what else Rubio had to say, to be honest with you. Now there's Lindsey Graham. He's on CNN yesterday, and he knows the only way to get on CNN is to be a horse's ass, and he's good at it. By the way, how many conservative talk show hosts do what I'm doing? Almost none. All these tough guys, almost none. What's right is right, ladies and gentlemen. What's right is right. Cut to go. I think President Trump believes that he's been put upon by the FBI. He reads the Texas. Let's stop right there. Hey, dummy. This has nothing to do with President Trump thinking he's been put upon by the FBI. You know, this guy claims to be a lawyer. He claims to have been a uh, prosecutor in the military. He sounds like an idiot to me. I'm not talking about his accent or anything. I'm talking about what's between his ears. What does this have to do with Mr. Trump? Does Mr. Graham believe that the inspector general of the Department of Justice is corrupt? Does he believe that he's a partisan? Does he believe he's political? Because if he doesn't, he has a funny way of showing it. Does he believe the lady who heads the Office of Professional Responsibility is a Trump flunky, even though she was originally appointed by Mueller in the FBI? What is it exactly that Mr. Graham is saying? It doesn't matter what Mr. Trump believes. These are internal entities within the FBI. I know it as a matter of fact. I served in the Justice Department. Go ahead. 
agents in charge of the Clinton email investigation, showing a bias against him and support for her. And Mr. McCabe, uh, the Office of Professional Responsibility, uh, has recommended that he be dismissed. But to the average American, I think we owe it to the average American to have a hearing in the Judiciary Committee. You and your damn hearings. When the hell have you ever done anything effective? When the hell have you ever done anything effective? They want to hold a hearing, ladies and gentlemen. They want to hold a hearing. You know, the late Mr. Graham, Mr. McCabe was fired. No thanks to you. Thanks to the inspector general and OPR for exposing him. For exposing him. And in the case of OPR, recommending that he be fired. Seems to me, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of people trashing the good men and women of the FBI. The good cops. We're trying to clean up the place after all these years of Obama. And corrupt Comey. And corrupt McCabe. And corrupt Stroke. And corrupt Page. And corrupt Baker. And corrupt all the rest of the senior officials there. Ben Cardin. He's a clown. He serves as a senator from Maryland. And he's on MSLSD. Cut three. Go is very vindictive uh, by the Trump administration. It's not only personally uh, devastating to Mr. McCabe and his reputation, but it also is a reflection on the administration's disdain for the FBI itself. Well, you know what? Guys like this need IQ tests. It's vindictive of the Trump administration to clean up the FBI at the FBI's request. The FBI, ladies and gentlemen, conducted the investigation. The FBI examined Mr. McCabe's professional conduct, or lack thereof. Mr. McCabe lied to the Inspector General, and he lied to the Office of Professional Responsibility. He was covering up, and he was obstructing. You'll never hear Ben Cardin say this about General Flynn, will you? In fact, they go on TV and say, look, the guy confessed to a lie, lie this, lie that. So why does Ben Cardin come to the defense of a crooked cop. And why does he say that this is very vindictive of the Trump administration when he knows full well Trump didn't do a damn thing? And who cares if it's personally devastating to Mr. McCabe? Anytime somebody conducts themselves in an unethical or even illegal way, it's very devastating to the perpetrator. Every time. And this is not a reflection of the administration's disdain for the FBI. It's a reflection of the real FBI trying to take its agency back from the crooked Obama officials. I'll be right back. Mark I wanted to tell you about a little-known part of our tax code. That's benefiting millions of Americans just like you. Retirement investment experts know it is 408M3. Oh, yeah. And it could help protect your IRA or 401K from the devaluation of the U.S. dollar, potentially increase your long-term profits, and minimize your capital gains tax. This section of the tax code allows you to take control of your retirement account and invest in physical precious metals like gold and silver. You can even transfer funds between existing retirement accounts without penalty, and the process is very easy. Now, the folks at PM Capital can tell you more, and they are terrific. They are absolutely terrific. 
Call them right now. Learn how this little-known part of our tax code, 408M3, may help you protect and grow your retirement account. You really should check into this. Call 877-382-2503. That's 877-382-2503. 877-382-2503. Or go to marklevingold.com. That's Mark marklevingold.com. Here's Jeff Flake, and he is. Cut four, go. Well, when the president said it was a a great day for democracy yesterday, I think it was a horrible day for democracy. To have uh, firings like this happening uh, at the top uh, from the president and the attorney general does not speak well for what's going on. You know what? This man is such a liar. He's so drunk on his own deceit. He knows damn well. These firings weren't from the top. If the attorney general had not fired McCabe, what would the inspector general and OPR think about that? What would the rank and file of the FBI think about that? That a corrupt cop was not going to be fired. Mr. Flake, you're another disgrace. You're a joke. Why do you think you're on TV? Because the media like clowns. They have their favorite porno star. They had their favorite author. This Michael, I can't, wolf guy. They had their favorite psychiatrist. Came out of left field. Now they have their favorite stupid backbencher. You. And they'll chew you up and spit you out. This guy's actually thinking, I'm thinking of running for president in you know, a third party. Run for whatever you want. Let's go to Nick, Flint, Michigan, Sirius Satellite, who disagrees. Go ahead, Nick. Hello, Nick. Yes, Nick. When I say go ahead, that means it's your turn. Excellent. Hey, hey, Mark. So first, I just want to start by saying, listen, I, I, I know I know well about your history. You're a very intellectual person. And I think the thing the thing right, don't I, worry about my intellect or my history. What is your point? My point is, is at the end of the day, you want to sit here like I just heard you call uh, call people liars. Whoever you just call the liars. They are liars. Why do you think Mr. McCabe is gone? Trump a liar. In your opinion, is Trump a liar? Sir, all politicians lie to one extent or another. You lie, don't you? Absolutely, I do lie. Okay, so what does that have to do with anything? We're talking about the law here. This Tell Trump me, sir, not- when, a, uh, when you're being investigated, have you ever been investigated? No, sir. Well, if you were, would you lie? No, sir, absolutely not. Okay. Well, then you can be the deputy director of the FBI. Wow. But if you do lie, you need to be kicked out on your ass. When you're under investigation, you either plead the fifth, you either refuse to answer, you do what you need to do, but when you lie, there are federal statutes involved, and there are standards, ethical standards and rules for the FBI. Aren't you glad they have rules and ethical standards, sir? I absolutely am, but how come Trump doesn't abide by those sir, ethical sir, standards? Sir, you're obsessed. How come you don't abide by them? You told me you're a liar. Oh, uh, yeah. Me lying to my wife about stopping at the bar on the way home from work is a little I didn't ask you if you lied to your wife about stopping at the bar to work. Is that what you do? Okay. Hey, get off my phone, you idiot. He's missing my whole point. He's missing my whole point. There are lies and there are lies, and there are circumstances. Uh, Mr. Mueller's a liar. I'm sure he's lied in his life. 
Mr. Lindsey Graham, he's a liar. I'm sure he's lied at some point in his life. This isn't an abstract discussion about lying. This is an actual discussion about a deputy director of the FBI who, when questioned, lied about leaking. Specifically questioned about it because it has an impact on other human beings and an impact on our country and an impact on the FBI. If this jerk's lying to his wife about going to a bar rather than going to dinner or whatever the hell he's doing, that doesn't have an impact on any of us and I could care less. Boy, liberals, I'll tell you. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, now let's talk about Mr. Mueller. We allowed to talk about him? No. Congress is going to pass a law to protect him. Now, first of all, let me tell the idiots in Congress, that would include Lindsey Goober Graham, in order to pass a law, what has to happen, Mr. Producer? The president has to sign it, correct? Or it's not a law. If the the president, and he doesn't seem to be, were of the mind to fire Mr. Mueller, why would he sign the law? But you say, they could have a super-duper majority, veto-proof. Well, what's the second and actually the most important problem with what Mr. Goofy Goober Lindsey Graham and his fellow Democrats, yes, yes, and his fellow Democrats are proposing? It's a separation of powers problem. Congress can't pass a law and tell a president he can't fire a subordinate. Congress has no authority to do that any more than the president has the power to issue a fiat, an executive order saying Mr. Graham can't fire somebody under his management authority. So Congress cannot reach into the executive branch and protect employees from their boss. It's called separation of powers. There's Article 1, Article 2, and Article 3 that relate most primarily to separation of powers. Mr. Graham, of course, is a very smart lawyer. And all the other smart lawyers on Capitol Hill. And all the genius media types like Chuck Todd and George Stephanopoulos. And all the low IQ types at CNN and MSNBC. Go on and on and on. We're going to protect the president. We're going to pass a statute. As usual, they're passing wind. By the way... Did you watch Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern? I really hope you did. And I hope you enjoyed it. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale, was spectacular. We had a really good talk. A friend of mine wrote me. You would know if I told you who it was. He's not in this business. He is a uh, biographer, very, very smart guy, involved in the conservative movement his whole life, and he said, That was pure conservatism. That is what the nation needs to hear. What it is is pure Americanism and constitutionalism. And I hope you heard it. Also tonight, 
I will be on Hannity TV on the Fox News channel at 9.30 p.m. dealing with this. This stuff. This Michigas. What's that mean? Google it. So I will be dealing with this at 9.30 p.m. on Hannity on the Fox News channel tonight. 9.30 Eastern. 6.30 Pacific. 8.30 Central. You know where you are. And I hope you'll check it out. I'll just be on, you know, seven, eight minutes. (coughs) 9.30 p.m. Now, Axios.com is a liberal site, but they get a lot of information on a Mueller's office. Go figure. Axios has learned that special counsel Robert Mueller has focused on events since the election, not during the campaign, in his conversations with President Trump's lawyers. That is Mueller's top two topics that Mueller has expressed interest in so far. The firings of FBI Director James Comey and National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. They go on. Why does it matter? Well, that suggests a focus on obstruction of justice while in office rather than collusion with Russia during the campaign. Both sagas are interwoven with Russia. Trump himself has linked Comey's firing to Russia. Now, this, this is so pathetic. And Flynn pleaded. So what they're trying to do here is say, this has everything to do with Mueller's mandate. It has nothing to do with Mueller's mandate. This is the silent coup. Mr. Mueller, as I've said now, how long? I don't know. Since he was appointed almost, seeks to reverse the result of the last election. Mr. Mueller is fabricating an obstruction of justice claim. Now, most prosecutors understand that they have to speak in court through their filings. They don't issue a report. Mr. Mueller is not supposed to issue a report. But it is clear that Mr. Mueller, who does in fact lack ethics, will use his filings in court, in my view. As I've told you many, many times, now there's a big echo chamber out there to try and have Trump impeached. You know what we're going to do one day this week or next week, Mr. Producer? We will pull those clips from right after the election, and then we will pull the appearance I had on Fox News on the weekend with Hegseth and company just to show how this thing has been laid out, and how it's working as they planned, okay? This liberal website goes on. That suggests they focus on obstruction of justice while in office rather than collusion with Russia. The Mueller and Trump teams are hoping to work out the specifics of a presidential interview within the next few weeks. The big question they're debating is whether it'll be in person, in writing, or some combination of the two. After a weekend of increasingly personal and vocal battles with Mueller, White House extended an awkward olive branch. See, ladies and gentlemen, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the president and or his lawyers calling out this prosecutor. Nothing. There's nothing unethical about it. There's nothing immoral about it. There's nothing unlawful about it. I mean, they have to decide if it's useful or not. But in many ways it is. Because if it comes down to impeachment over a fabricated allegation... The case has to be made in the court of public opinion. 
Why wouldn't the president fight back? Why wouldn't the president call Mueller exactly what he is? Why wouldn't the president notice he only hires Democrats? Why wouldn't the president call all these things out? What, Jeff Flake's going to do it? Marco Rubio's going to do it? Lindsey Graham's going to do it? Who the hell in the Senate's going to do it? Name one. Where's McConnell? Where's John Cornyn? Where's Lamar Alexander? Where are any of them? Nowhere. So if Trump doesn't defend himself against Mueller, nobody is. In fact, these damn fools are, you know, we're going to pass a law to protect Mueller. They can't pass a law to protect Mueller, you clowns. He's a subordinate of the President of the United States. It's so, you know, frustrating when you understand history and the Constitution. It really is to watch this. It's frustrating as hell. And then there's Trey Gowdy. You know, Mr. Producer, we have to have a new rule. Never trust a guy who doesn't comb his hair the same way each day for the next five days in a row. Mr. Gowdy is now getting more and more popular. Being from South Carolina, he's got part of the Lindsey Graham disease. He's going after Ben Cardin. He's going after some jerk in the White House who had to resign. Yeah, yeah, very, very... Uh, and he was in head, uh, head of the Benghazi Special Committee, and that went far. He was involved in oversight involving Samantha Power. That went nowhere. The guys all talk. All talk. But... I want you to listen to what he had to say on Fox News Sunday. Cut five, go. I want to begin by getting your reaction to... President Trump's lawyer calling for Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, to end. Hey, let, let, let's, let, it's Rosenstein. Rosenstein. That's his name. Let's start at the beginning. Go ahead. I want to begin by getting your reaction to President Trump's lawyer calling for Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, to end the Mueller investigation. Do you support that? Now, hold on a second. What is wrong with that? Well, the lawyer saying the prosecutor needs to end his investigation of my client. Is that really a shocking statement? Oh, my God, that's over the top. What did he say? He wants the prosecutor to stop investigating him. Isn't that exactly what Menendez said? How about poor Ted Stevens? Who was prosecuted by the Department of Justice. In fact by the oddly named Public Integrity Section of the Criminal Division in Washington, D.C. And they obstructed justice, and they withheld evidence. They did all sorts of stuff. The judge was so furious, I believe it was Judge uh, Sullivan, that he referred these, these prosecutors to OPR and to their bar for disbarment consideration. No, 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 you can't question the prosecutors. Never question the prosecutors unless it's Ken Starr. Then you can trash the guy left and right. Trash him left and right. Now we have Republicans. Let's pass a statute to protect Mueller. Your statute would be unconstitutional, you morons. Anyone in the media know that? Chuck? No? George? No? Jake? No? No, you don't know that? 
Well, let's hear what the great Trey Gowdy had to say. Go ahead. Uh, I don't, and I think uh, the president's attorney, uh, frankly, does him a disservice um, when he says that and when he frames So the president's attorney does the president a disservice when he says the prosecutor should end his investigation. Are you really as stupid as you sound, Trey? May I call you Trey? I've never met you, but Trey? Have you ever been an advocate for a, for a client? I really think they do a disservice when they tell the prosecutor to get his investigation over with. Why is that, Trey? Why is that a disservice? Go ahead. In that way, Chris, if you look at the jurisdiction for Robert Mueller, first and foremost, what did Russia do to this country in 2016? That is supremely important, and it has nothing to do with collusion. Wait, 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 wait. Has nothing to do with collusion. Now we have Trey Gowdy as a special pleader from Mueller. See, folks, this has nothing to do with collusion. It has to do with what did the Russians do to interfere with our election. So, Mr. Gowdy, was it Mr. Mueller who determined that Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC funded the Fusion GPS dossier? No, it wasn't. Is it Mr. Mueller who's called Hillary Clinton as a witness, Mr. Gowdy? No, it's not. It's Mr. Mueller who's called top officials at the DNC as witnesses. Did he call them in front of his grand jury? No, he didn't. Well, tell me, Mr. Mr. Gowdy, did he call Susan Rice in front of his grand jury? Where now we have a book where she said specifically, stand down to the cybersecurity experts who wanted to do something? No, we don't. So, Mr. Gowdy, you don't have the foggiest idea what the hell you're talking about. If Mr. Mueller is investigating Russian interference, why is he investigating one campaign? And why is he now investigating obstruction? Which is an impossibility in this instance. Oh, Trey, you must have missed that Constitution 101 class in the first year of law school. I'm sorry. Go ahead. To suggest that Mueller should shut down and that all he is looking at is collusion If you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it. Oh. So if you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it, according to the former federal prosecutor. So you shouldn't tell the prosecutor to cut it out, Mr. Dowd, because your client's innocent. What else? What other advice would Mr. Gowdy give? Should he go in there and do a full-blown interview, Mr. Gowdy? Should he do that, too, when you have a prosecutor who's looking to trip up the president? That wouldn't be wise. Well, we have an innocent client. Why not? Why not? You have an innocent client. Go ahead and send him in there. What's wrong with that? And he's not limited to collusion. He's investigating Russian interference. Well, I didn't know that. When did that happen? Well, did you look at what Rosenstein said? Russian interference. You don't hire a prosecutor to investigate Russian interference. That's a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation, you idiot. I'm sick of these stupid lawyers who get elected to Congress and then go on TV. That's a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation. You don't appoint a special prosecutor to look into a counterintelligence matter like this. Do you, Trey? No, you don't. And how dare the president's lawyer suggest that the prosecutor should stop. If you have an innocent client, you know, you don't say stuff like that. 
Uh, get out of here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If Trump were to fire Mueller, I'm not advocating it at all. I'm asking, how does that create a constitutional crisis? What's the constitutional crisis? Congress has the power to impeach. The House does. The Senate has the power to remove. What is the constitutional crisis exactly? I'm confused. Or if Mueller were to be replaced with another prosecutor, what's the problem? The problem is, folks, the Democrats and the media love Mueller because Mueller is out to destroy Trump. That's why. It's that simple. It's not a constitutional crisis. What's the constitutional crisis? The president has the power to fire him. The Democrats don't want him to fire him. The repubes don't want him to fire him. That doesn't make it a constitutional crisis. They're just setting up more and more of this foundation for impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. That's what's going on. The Democrats would be elated if Trump fired Mueller. They keep warning him, don't fire Mueller. And then behind the scenes, yeah, do it, please, please, please. They'd be absolutely elated. So would Jeff Flake. The Flakester. But now, you see, we have to protect Mueller. Mueller is the victim, you see, the potential victim of Donald Trump. Well, we know all about Donald Trump's wife. We know all about Donald Trump's children. What do we know about Mueller's wife and his children? Nothing. Somebody threatening Mueller? What do we know about Mueller's business activities? Anything? Nothing. What about his kids and his wife? Nothing. So what's the problem? It all goes one way. Anybody can say anything about the President of the United States or any member of his family, most of which are lies, but some of it might be true. But you can't criticize Mueller. Let's see. Mueller went into Manafort's apartment with the FBI, guns drawn. Am I allowed to criticize that? Mueller's in two jurisdictions. He's throwing enough charges against Manafort where he'd have to spend... Five lifetimes in prison. Am I allowed to criticize that? Mueller went back after Flynn, after his buddy Comey decided that Flynn didn't intentionally lie. He was set up by Stroke, set up by Mueller. Am I allowed to criticize that? Am I allowed to criticize the fact that Mueller hired all Democrats virtually? Am I allowed to criticize the fact that his number two guy is right-hand lieutenant? is a piece of you-know-what. Am I allowed to say that? No, 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 no. Protect Mueller at all costs. Right, Trey? I'll be right back. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Only tax evaders and cheats get in trouble with the IRS, right? No. False. And nobody knows this better than Optima Tax Relief. Mostly it's honest, hardworking Americans who, for a number of reasons, simply can't pay their tax bill. 
like William, who owed $15,000 to the IRS with no way to pay. So William didn't file his tax return. Oh, it was quiet at first. Then came the letters, followed by harassing calls from collection agencies. Finally, a letter to his employer. But now, the IRS had tacked on so much in interest and penalties, there was no way William could pay. Now, if you can relate, Optima Tax Relief wants to help you. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people. People with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection which is how they've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Call Optima Tax Relief. They'll help you. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Now, I could go on and on here with one nitwit after another, Democrat and Republican alike, going on and on and on about uh, things they don't know a damn thing about. But I want to do something. I want to change gears. We'll take your calls. But I want to change gears a little bit. Last night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel, my fourth Life, Liberty, and Levin program, we've had unbelievable guests. Started with Dr. Walter Williams, then we had the great Devin Nunes, uh, I mean, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, Devin Nunes, and now, of course, Larry Arn, president of Hillsdale College. And the purpose of this one hour every Sunday night is to take you to a place where you're comfortable and where we can discuss things that aren't being discussed endlessly in the news push all the static away, have a thoughtful discussion about us, about our history, about philosophy, about economics, with compelling guests. And Dr. Larry Arn is all that. And so let me just play a few clips of Dr. Larry Arn and me from last night's program. And again, I will be on Hannity tonight 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time Live. Dr. Arn and me. Cut 13, go. So you have a nation that is founded on the notion of really individual sovereignty in many respects. Respect for the individual at birth. Certain rights at birth that are recognized in the Declaration of Independence. Natural law. a, A given eternal Moral order, like the golden rule or what have you. It is because it is. And we have this Declaration of Independence where these men come together and really for the first time in mankind proclaim this. Now, they also say in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. They are repeatedly talking about the creator. That's right. And God and the divine These unalienable rights, self-evident. Isn't that what you're talking about when you talk about natural law? What are these unalienable rights, and what did they mean by created equal? So so, uh, it's a precept of the natural law that all men are created equal. And in one way, that's a a a tautology, saying the same thing twice. And all it means is this, because obviously, by the way, 
if you just look at a bunch of human beings, they're all different, mm -hmm. right? And some of them are tall and some of them are short and some of them are uh, uh, moderate people and some people are like you and me, right? There's a, yeah, there's a, but they're different, right? But they're equal in this respect. I like to say, uh, sit in a room with a bunch of people and somebody really big walks in and somebody really small walks in and you might know the difference. If somebody leads a pig in on a leash, that's a different kind of thing just came in. It's not the same thing anymore, right? And so th this, it just means that, and just think of the subtext, right? They're writing this to George III as the representative, the sovereign of the British nation. You're just like us. You may not rule us except by our consent. Mm -hmm. In, the, uh, in, in uh, 1774, Jefferson wrote the very beautiful summary view of the rights of British North America. And in the final paragraph, he begins by uh, addressing the king. Let those flatter who fear. It is not an American art. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Absolute pearls of wisdom from Dr. Arne. More. Cut 14. Go. Now, these men who do this, who are well-read, mm. enormously articulate, spreading the word, and they meet in Philadelphia at Independence Hall, and the word disputes, they come up with this document. This was a death sentence for every one of them, wasn't it? That's right. There was, at the time of the Declaration of Independence, there was a writ issued by the king for the arrest of uh, most of the people who signed it, and then all the others were added. And it wasn't given to a policeman or a prosecutor. It was given to a general. And he was to use the army to find them and kill them or put them on ships and take them to England. And so they know that. Uh, there's one of the founders who's from Pennsylvania, and he said to his wife, it's in the, these wonderful records, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, he said... Uh, you know, we're going to vote for independence. And he, she said, yes. And he said, I'm going to vote for it. And she said, yes. And she said, our farm is near the sea. They're going to take our farm. And she said, you will find us somewhere to go. And that's why, you know, in the last sentence, you know, as, as the first sentence is universal, eternal, and divine, the last sentence is, in support of this declaration, we mutually pledge to each other, the ones in the room, to all the others in the room, mm -hmm. our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that was a practical fact on their mind. It's a practical fact. Because they knew if they lost this war, they lost their lives, they lost everything. What about our classrooms? I asked Dr. Arn. Cut 15, go. So, Dr. Arn, what have our classrooms become? Well, the, uh, for example, in states with strict common core standards, now uh, often, many schools, uh, teachers are required to submit weekly lesson plans, and every point they cover has got to be related to something in the specific passage in the bureaucratic standards. And so they're controlled tightly from above. And that takes what out of it? That means that the students, they're just doing what they're told all day long. And just, just you, you talked about those demonstrations. A third grader in a demonstration. That's an amazing thing to happen. And just think of that word demonstration. There's a beautiful thing from Lincoln that says, uh, a guy said to him, how did you learn to speak so well? And he said, well, you know, I kept running across the word demonstrate. And I looked and looked to discover what it meant. 
And I decided it was some high standard of proof. And so I left my situation in Springfield and I went home and I did not come back until I could repeat all of the propositions of Euclid from memory. Now that's what made Abraham Lincoln what he was. And being a third grader, being told to go out and wave signs, that doesn't advance you toward that real independence of mind and character that an excellent education will give you. Mm-hmm. Then finally, because we can't play the whole show here, but I want you to know it was said and to join us each Sunday. Cut 16, go. What do you see as the future of America? Uh, well, uh, we're in a condition like the one Lincoln described. It's a house divided. There are two ways of thinking and there are two ways of governing, and it has to resolve itself. And it's going to do that through some crisis. And because I'm an admirer of Winston Churchill, I believe it's necessary and true to think that that crisis is going to be resolved beautifully and in favor of freedom. But it could go the other way. could. Better get ready. It could. You better get ready. That was my great guest yesterday night, last night on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. I want to thank them for giving giving us the time to do it. It's something different uh, than the usual fare. Not against the usual fare, but something different's nice, too. You might say, Mark, does that stuff, do people really listen to that stuff? First of all, I want to tell you this, and I don't do it often. The ratings start to come in for the major radio affiliates I have on WABC, we had the biggest one hour on the entire station. Biggest one hour on the entire station. And our immediate competitors on WOR, whether it's 12 plus, 25, 54, 35, 64, you and the audience, my show, crushes them. Absolutely crush them. And then in Los Angeles, we have a huge following in Los Angeles on the great 870 AM KRLA. And overall listenership, we have the highest three hours on the station. And they have wonderful, wonderful hosts on both stations. Don't get me wrong. WABC and KRLA. But across the street on KBC, for overall audience, we crush our competition. Absolutely crush them. Same with KEIB. Crush them. And that's because... Of you. You decide what you're going to listen to. You're, you decide what interests you. Now, I don't know what our ratings are yet on our Sunday show with Dr. Arn, But I will tell you this. Whether it was Walter Williams or Benjamin Netanyahu or Devin Nunes, overall audience, we were number one. And most weeks, it's not even close. Even when they throw documentaries at us about the Pope and other shows and so forth. That's thanks to you. So yes, there are millions of people. I'm not saying we're in the majority, but there are millions of people who want to discuss these things, who want to hear smart things, who want to go into Americanism and our principles, who want to hear philosophy, who want to know why we think the way we do and our adversaries think the way they do. And we're going to continue to do this, including on this program, on Levin TV, and on Levin TV and CRTV. Just spectacular how many of you subscribe to CRTV. It's, it's enormous. And, of course, our Fox show, 
We're very, very honored to be there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. fan of Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe System is prepared for anything that gets thrown in. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say an intruder destroys your keypad or siren. Well, Simply Safe will still call the authorities and get you the help you need. Now here's what I love about this. Sure, maybe you consider it overkill. I don't. Maybe you don't need to be ready for every worst case scenario. I do. But that's what makes Simply Safe's home security system so great. It's always ready. Now, Simply Safe's triple safeguard protection could cost an arm and a leg, but it doesn't. Instead, they only charge you what's fair. So 24-7 professional security monitoring is just $14.99 a month. And with Simply Safe, there are no contracts, no hidden fees, all transparent. That's why I recommend them to everyone I know. That's why I use it myself. You've got to check it out. Go right now to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and family today. Simplysafemark.com. Well, okay, let's take some calls now. Let's see. Boom, 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 boom. Lucas. Lucas in Brazil, Brazil. How are you, Lucas? Hey, hello, Mark. Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, you just played uh, an audio from your interview about education, and yes. I'm very proud uh, to announce that here in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, one of the biggest cities in the world, we have yeah. group of studies uh, organized by us. You have uh, what now? Young people. Uh, we have group of studies here in Brazil organized yeah. by us, and. We are very proud because now we are using uh, books and audio clips from, from your shows to try to educate people about classic economics, for, uh, using also Frederick Bastiat, uh, Von Wich, uh, uh Mrs., and your books uh, to educate people and to try to Americanize people in a good way. Uh, and you are providing us a very good material uh, most of the people are actually learning English, uh, listening to your show, as I did in the past. Wow. Isn't so, that great? So, uh, yeah. And uh, Mark, the education, uh, not only the government and the government, government policies, uh, we will spread education. People like you, uh, with your show, with Levin TV, we have a bunch of subscribers of Levin TV here in Brazil. People, wow. Yeah, people here are listening to you, are following your show. We are actually in the process, uh, we are beginning the talk now with your publishers there in the United States. We will actually translate the last two books of yours, and we will uh, launch here in Brazil in a big publisher here. Uh, so that's how far... Wow, I didn't even know that. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, if, there, if there's any way I can help, let Ms. Mr. Producer know offline, and I'll do everything I can, because if we can spread the word in every country among people who really do, you know, uh, starve for freedom and starve for information, I'm more than happy to help, Lucas. 
God bless you. Do not hang up. Do not hang up. How do you like that? Just terrific. Bruce, Portland, Oregon, the, the great KUFO. Go right ahead, sir. Mark, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, a really quick story before I get to my point, if you don't mind, and uh, hopefully you'll find it interesting. Well, I hope I, we don't come to the end, but you go for it. <laughs> I was raised in a house with a very Republican father and a very, very liberal Democratic mother. And I can remember as early as a Nixon-Kennedy uh, debate and the run for presidency, the, the debate in the house, I was very, very liberal until Obama came on the scene. <clears throat> and I was so disgusted by what I saw that I became a Republican. I even ran for office in the county that I live in, which is heavily Democratic, and I got more votes than the state capitals thought I would get. So I went from wow. a liberal to now, Mark, I can remember years ago when you would be on the radio, I would like scream at the radio. I did not like what you had to say. Then I started to study and I started to learn. And the idea that I've heard that liberalism is a mental disorder, I firmly believe that. I really do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to my point of, of my yeah. call is I was in the Navy and I was stationed at NSA. I had to sign something uh, that uh, was the was Privacy Act of 1974. Thank you, Richard Milhouse Nixon gave us that. Right. And, and the privacy act is we weren't allowed to spy on American citizens. If I had some traffic, as they called it, and I had an American citizen's name on it, and when I scan it, it goes in a burn bag. They take it and they recycle it and make more paper out of it. We were not allowed to do it and have to sign things. It was illegal. I've not heard a single pundit. I've not heard a single... Uh, um, TV station and nothing that I read have anybody mentioned the Privacy Act of 74. And that is something that is, very, in my opinion, very important. Very important. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to do a little research and see if it applies to circumstances like this. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. In an hour and 25 minutes. I will be on the Fox News Channel on Hannity TV. That's about 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll handle business over there. We hope you can watch. By the way, I've been meaning to uh, tell you. Did you get an Amazon Echo device? Do you have an Amazon Echo device? Well, those of you who can hear me on your Amazon Echo device, here's what I'd like you to do. Just say, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And you'll connect with me instantly. And after that, whenever you want my my show, you just say, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. So say, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And you'll be set up instantly and forever. So whenever you want to hear my show on Amazon Echo... 
then you just say, Alexa, open Mark Levin show, okay? Do it now before you forget, because it's a very, very easy way to listen to the program. We got listeners everywhere. Here we are on Amazon Echo, iHeartRadio app, Mark Levin app, satellite radio, AM and FM radio. We have a big announcement coming up. I'm not allowed to do it yet. It hasn't been completely locked in in uh, one of our major cities in this country. A big announcement, uh, but I'll wait. I'll wait. I won't get ahead of myself. All right, so Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And then afterwards, for then on, it's Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. That's if you have an Amazon Echo device. Those are very easy to use. They're a lot of fun, matter of fact. All right. I'm at the point where I think I've overloaded you with enough specifics and information about what's taking place. I diverted a little bit to get into areas that really are compelling to me, the Declaration and Constitution. Now I'm going to go to you. Now I'm going to spend time with you. But before I do, there he goes. No, no, I mean this. Before I do. We have an ambassador from the United States in Israel who has to be the finest ambassador the United States has ever had in Israel. And his name is David Friedman out of New York. His father was a rabbi. And uh, he's been enormously effective, enormously effective. And he is a friend of the President of the United States. He has represented the President of the United States in various uh, court matters. And I've gotten to know him a little bit, and I very much like him and his family. He's a faithful man. He's a man of religion. He's an Orthodox Jew. And he has wonderful things to say not just about Jews, but about Christians and Muslims and so forth and so on. But he's a very clear-thinking man. And this is the reason why the Palestinian regimes, and there are more than one, despise him. They despise him. When there are terrorist attacks against Americans or Israelis or other Westerners for that matter, he speaks out. He condemns them. When the Palestinian Authority, when Abbas, who's basically Arafat with hair, subsidizes the Palestinian terrorists with our tax dollars, he speaks out and condemns it. So he's an American. He's a patriotic American. He believes in Americanism. And he carries that attitude and those principles with him overseas. So Abbas has now taken to smearing him. Because Abbas hates Trump, hates Jared Kirshner, Jason Greenblatt, 
all these, these men who've done the unthinkable, but particularly Friedman, because Friedman's over there. So Abbas gave a speech, flailing around, and keep something in mind, Abbas is a terrorist. Abbas helped to fund the Munich Olympic terrorist attacks on the Israelis there. He's never had to pay a price for that. So he called Friedman, our ambassador to Israel, a son of a dog. Now, you know what he meant. Son of a dog. Why do we subsidize this regime, this Fatah? Oh, they're the moderates. They're not moderate in the least. Why do we subsidize our enemies? Why do we subsidize people who hate us? Why don't we wash our hands of Abbas and Hamas and the rest of it? They've destroyed their own people. They starve their own people. Do you know, in the Gaza Strip I was reading the other day, that Hamas is just one of many terrorist groups operating there. ISIS is there. Other jihadi groups are there. Israel basically gave that land, as Netanyahu explained the other day, just gave it to them. And it wasn't even theirs. Originally it was the Egyptians. The Israelis won it through war. There's your two-state solution. It's really a three-state solution already. How many states do they want? But anyway, how can there possibly be a two-state solution when these forces seek the final solution of the state of Israel, of all Jews in the area, all Christians in the area, and us, the United States? The United States. We still give hundreds of millions of dollars to the Abbas regime, who just called our ambassador son of a dog. And you know what he meant. We should cut them off. Be done with it. Tell them, all right, that's enough. We've had enough of you, enough of Iran, enough of the Syrians, enough of all of them. And back all the forces that confront them. But I just wanted to point that out, because if I don't point it out, nobody will. The lib media, oh, Abbas. And, and meanwhile, where does Abbas go to get medical treatment? They think he has cancer. I think he has hemorrhoids. To Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. That's where he goes to get treatment. He doesn't go to any Arab country, doesn't go to any communist country, doesn't go to any European country, comes to our country. Comes to our country to get medical treatment in secret. The kind of medical treatment his people can never get because of him and what they've done to their economy, what they do to their people. You know, when I was in Israel... First time I was in there, which was the only time so far, last May, I told you about this. We did a, uh, a Facebook Live program with the director of a hospital. He's right there on the border with Syria. 
And the director of the hospital, as I recall, is a Christian. A Syrian Christian. And he went to great lengths to explain, we take anybody here. We have Syrians who come across the border, who sneak across the border to get treatment in this Israeli hospital. And it's a sophisticated hospital. And then he showed us the basement, the underground bunker, if you will. They have to have an underground bunker in this hospital. It's quite elaborate. I won't get into specifics. To protect the hospital staff and the patients, many of whom are Arabs. And all the terrorists fighting each other and so forth and so on in Syria, the civilian casualties, as you've seen, are just horrendous and enormous. And they take these these people as they come across the border and they treat them. And they're so thankful. You'll never see that from Syria. You'll never see that from Iran. You'll never see that from the Palestinians. You'll never see it from any of them. None of them do it. None of them. But when that Arafat knockoff, who was elected to one term, this Abbas, I think he's in his fourth or fifth term, When they start trashing our ambassador, they start trashing our country. When they use our money to subsidize terrorism and the families of terrorists, they get more money based on how much mayhem they create, how many people they kill. I say that's enough. We wash our hands. We call it a day. And that's that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. we learn about this mass murder in Florida, the more outrageous this is, that there were people who actually recommended to at least temporarily committing him under the Baker Act in Florida, which allows that, which case he would never have been able to purchase a weapon. So you have these terrible breakdowns of federal and local law enforcement. We're still debating gun control. That's why we never get anything meaningful. It's meaningful done. So we chase uh, abstractions, phony issues. Let's go to Blaine, Tyler, Texas, the great KTBB. Go. Yes, sir. Mr. Levin, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Hey, what I originally called about was we've seen Clapper lie, we've seen McCabe lie, we've seen Comey lie. When are people actually going to start being charged with criminal charges? Can you explain? Well, no, nobody, nobody's going to be charged unless there is a prosecutor investigating them. Okay, so can you explain the pro? Do you think somebody? Do you think one of those three should be charged? I. They all ought to be in front of a federal grand jury, as far as I'm concerned. So. What's the process? How does that get started specifically? You I just told you there needs to be a prosecutor who's investigating them. There isn't one. Okay, so how do we get one invest- to investigate? Well, we don't get anything. 
Well, who gets I myself have been talking about a special counsel over and over and over and over again who begins the process of investigating this. That's how we get it started. Okay, I got you. What are the chances of that happening? Well, sir, you tell me what are the chances. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> there's pressure that's been there's pressure building, but there's there's resistance because, truth be told, um, can you imagine a special counsel who's looking into corruption at the FBI and the Department of Justice and in the FISA court? And then says, you know, we need to extend my investigation to include people like Susan Rice and Samantha Power and this guy Brennan and Clapper and all the rest. You know, the whole top would blow off, wouldn't it? Yeah, no kidding. That sounds like a sounds like sounds a like it sounds like it needs to be done. Yeah. All right, my friend, I agree with you. Thank you for your call. Let's keep going, Alex. In Richmond, Virginia, I believe, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hey, Mark. It's great to talk to you. Big fan. Um, I just have a uh, theory that I wanted to run by you. Do you Mm -hmm. think that uh, Mueller might be trying to get fired by Trump? He's going to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into Trump's life until Trump is just fed up with it and fires him, and that's what he's trying to do. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I suppose that could be. because we all but, know the kind of political firestorm that it would be. I mean, yeah, so we that's, that's why he, he ought not do it. But that said, the idea that he can't criticize the prosecutor is stupid. Of course he should. And so should everybody else. Who the hell? I mean, we even criticize the Pope, don't we? We criticize everybody. But somehow this prosecutor, no, you can't criticize the prosecutor. Why? He's done a lot of things that deserve attention, that deserve our critique, that deserve criticism. That's our country. And he theoretically is doing an investigation on behalf of the United States. We are the United States. So he should only hear from Democrats on TV. He should only hear from media. He should only hear from Flake and Lindsey Graham and people like that. No, I don't think so. All right, my friend. Go ahead. What? Reenact the independent counsel statute. And that's what they're going to try to do if, if Mueller's fired. No, I don't think so. I think they would just pass a statute trying to protect him. They'll never reenact that because they got caught by that statute, remember? You're right about that, Mark. You're always right. No, I'm not. But, Alex, you're a good man. Thank you for your call. Let's go to David. Salt Lake City. How are you, David? Mark, I have a follow-up question to you. Hello? Yes, hello. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, Mark. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a follow-up question to the previous caller. All right. Uh, why can't the Why can't the Justice Department, uh, under the orders of Jeff Sessions, investigate? Why do we need a special counsel appointed? Well, let me ask you: Is that what's happened? No, but why doesn't? Well, well, I don't, sir. I'm with you. I'm standing out here watching them. Why doesn't it? I don't know. Why doesn't Pixie Dust work? I don't know. He hasn't done it. Okay. So he should he clearly the department would have difficulty investigating itself. So to me, an outside investigator is tailor made for this kind of a situation. Not for what this idiot Mueller is doing and so forth, 
But when you have an FBI at the top levels, that's corrupt. And that's what you have. And now they've been certified as corrupt. The deputy attorney, the deputy FBI director has been certified as a leaker and a liar. The top guy, Comey, confessed that he was a leaker before they would catch him committing perjury in front of the committee. And now we have the deputy FBI director and the former and the former director of the FBI giving conflicting information on leaks. So I don't believe that uh, that that the Justice Department will investigate itself from a criminal perspective. We already had the inspector general and OPR pass judgment on the deputy director of the FBI. But beyond that, that's all they can do. All right, my friend, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. A proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. What happens when there's a disaster? A hurricane, an earthquake, these huge fires, tornadoes, chaos at the grocery stores. That's the scene you see on your TV when an emergency strikes. If there's a side of the cameras well, well, that, that, that they don't cover. And that is people like me, people who are prepared. Now, for them, a crisis becomes a mere inconvenience. For everybody else, it's a disaster. Luckily, millions of Americans are already prepared. And they did it when things were calm. That's when you do it. Isn't it time you prepared too? Here's a simple way to start. A Mark Levin special offer from my friends at My Patriot Supply. Now... This week only, you get 72-hour emergency food supply, $17.76 each, plus free shipping. That's 72-hour emergency food supply, $17.76 each, plus free shipping. Food is delicious, lasts 25 years in storage, and it's a great first step. So I want to encourage you to order right now. 800-294-2325. 800-294-2325. You stick it in your closet or your pantry, and it's always there. Or you can use the uh, special website, preparewithmark.com, preparewithmark.com. Make sure everyone in your family has one of these food kits. They'll only be available at this great price this week only. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. Every now and then, we check in to see how we're doing at the Convention of States Article 5 movement, which is being led by a wonderful organization that's run by Mark Meckler, who's our friend. Mark, how are you? Mark, I'm always better when I'm on the air with you, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Tell us what's going on in Iowa. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited. Iowa has a two-year session. We passed the House last year. The House has actually done it two years in a row. And we are on the verge of passing in the Senate. That would make Iowa the 13th state. Really exciting to get to 13 states. But there is some opposition rising up in Iowa right now. And who might that be? You know, it's really interesting. It's one of these groups that calls itself conservative. They're called the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition. Unbelievably. Now let's, let's just stop there. Look how they steal the language. The Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition that's opposed to the Constitution. 
Yeah, unbelievably, Mark. These guys are registered lobbyists. You know, I'm a registered lobbyist. Nothing wrong with that. But they are lobbying against Convention of States, and their fellow lobbyists registered against us: Common Cause, the ACLU, the AFL-CIO. You know, basically every leftist organization now aligned side by side with the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition. Well, who's behind the Faith and Freedom Coalition? You know, again, these are people that claim to be good conservatives. They do fight on you know, on the conservative side on other issues, but in in this case, they've lost their way. They're sending out these horrible, dishonest emails, slandering the movement, repeating the lies of the left. It's really frustrating to watch. And the lies are what? That we'll lose our Constitution? You know, the lies are the same leftist slander that's been issued since the 1970s. Number one, that the 1787 convention was a runaway. So we're going to have a runaway convention. That's the number one lie that they're peddling. Now, let's start right there. You and I know that's not even possible. Forget about the history lesson, because they're not interested in the history lesson. That's not even possible. The amendment process, at the end of the process, still requires 38 states to ratify. So how is it possible to have a quote-unquote runaway convention? You know, it's not, Mark, you're right, it's mathematically impossible. When I talk to these people and we try to have a logical argument with us, they, they literally just stare at you. When faced with logic, they just stop or they yell or they do what they're doing, which is they slander the three million activists, they slander people like you and me saying that we are battling against the Constitution. Well, is we, we reference Article 5. We're talking about Article 5 of the Constitution, Correct. Yeah, we are, Mark, and, and it's the weirdest thing because they claim to love the Constitution, apparently everything except Article 5. And Article 5 simply provides two ways of amending the Constitution. The first, we're aware of, two-thirds of both houses of Congress propose an amendment to the states, and the states, either through convention or the legislatures, you need uh, 38 states or three-fourths to ratify. Here, the states are proposing amendments to the states. And you still need the same 38 to ratify. To me, this is quintessential federalism. Why wouldn't we embrace it? Uh, it's actually the ultimate act of federalism. It's the states acting to rein in the federal government. One of the things these folks will propose is they say, well, we should just let Congress do it. As if somehow, someday, Congress is going to do something they've never done, which is rein in their own power. It's just absurd. And in fact, didn't George Mason, who proposed this two days before the end of the Constitutional Convention... Didn't he say that he was proposing this and wasn't it ratified, adopted by the, by the convention and then ratified by the states because he was concerned Congress would become oppressive? Yeah, he specifically asked the question, were the delegates so naive they believed that a federal government that became a tyranny would propose, its amendment, would propose amendments to restrain its own tyranny? Madison's notes actually reflect these words. They say nincom. In other words, there was no debate about it, no comment. It was so obvious to the men in attendance that we were going to need the states to step up against the federal government that they unanimously included this in their draft of the Constitution. You know, to me, Mark Meckler, this is where the rubber hits the road. Either you're serious about the Tenth Amendment, Federalism, Article 5, or you never were. That is, you always expected the federal government to provide answers, and yet you and I both know <clears throat> that at the time of the Constitution, its adoption, its ratification, they viewed things the other way around, that the states needed to have power to reign in the federal government. Yeah, I mean, they put this power in the states. And I, I got to say, Mark, kudos to where they belong. We've got some great leaders in the Iowa Senate, Whitver and Schneider and Schultz and Smith. 
These guys are stepping up and providing the necessary leadership. They're pushing back against groups like Iowa Faith and Freedom. So all is not lost. There are great statesmen and women out there in the state legislature. Well, who is blocking us in particular? Well, in particular right now, it looks like it's going to go. My fear is just these guys are sending so many emails and they're just trying to churn it up nationwide and cause problems. I'm worried that people are going to lose faith. But right now, I think things look pretty good in Iowa, and I hope to report to you by the end of the week that we've passed in Iowa. So you think it's going to occur this week? You know, I hate to jinx it by saying yeah, but I think we're right there on the verge, and I think it could happen this week, yes. So anybody who hears me in Iowa or who's from Iowa and on a trip but going back to Iowa, now's the time to contact your state senator, correct? Absolutely. I mean, and this is what makes the difference. Your state senator, in other words, if you're a constituent, you want to call them up, you want to email them, you want to let them know, stand strong, do what your people want you to do. The polling shows us, Mark, that three-quarters of the people in Iowa want these folks to pass convention of states. Let's get them to be number magic number 13. There were 13 original colonies. This will be the 13th state to join the call for a convention of states. So we have 12 states out of 50. By my calculation, that's more than 20% of the states. It's incredible. I mean, we're already a third of the way, over a third of the way to 34. I I didn't expect it to happen this fast. It's pretty exciting to see what's happening. I've been in 12 states so far this year. We've had a couple of setbacks. But here's the interesting thing, Mark. Every place we have a setback where we actually lose a vote, we get the majority of Republicans vote with us, and then just a few Republicans vote in block with the Democrats to stop us. It's a real interesting pattern. And this has happened most recently in which states? Uh, A couple of states where we had frustrating setbacks. Uh, The most recent was Kansas, and right before that was South Dakota. We had the same thing in Idaho. Always the same pattern. The vast majority of Republicans voting in favor. A few Republicans vote in block with the leftist Democrats to stop us from using the Constitution to save the Republic. And they claim that they stand for the Constitution when, in fact, they stand with progressives who abuse the Constitution and pretend they're upholding the Constitution. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. So groups like Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition, they claim that we're with George Soros, yet 230 leftist organizations led by Soros and Common Cause and Center on Budget and Policy Priority, MoveOn.org, all these groups issued a press release against Convention of States. You show that to groups like Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition, they basically just stare at you blankly. It's, it's unbelievable that they could stand with these groups and still claim to be conservative. Well, I'm a well-known cohort of George Soros's, <laughs> as are you, as, is, as, as are the people on your, uh, on your staff, who, which includes who? Well, you look, you know, the, the endorsers of the project, obviously you wrote in the Liberty Amendments, got the movement rolling, but Sean Hannity's in favor. Obviously, Mike Ferris is one of the co-founders of uh, Fighter for Religious Liberty since way back when. Senator Coburn? Tom, Senator Tom yep. Coburn works for us. Jim DeMint works for us. Hardly cohorts of George Soros. These are freedom fighters from way back. And DeMint has made it his, his mission, and Coburn has made it his mission. In fact, I, 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 having spoken to Coburn, he said, look, I had to get out of the Senate. We weren't doing anything, and I had to get involved in this movement to try and get this government under control. Yeah, you know, and DeMint says the same thing. He was in the Senate. He left there. He went to Heritage. He realized, look, that's not accomplishing anything. He wanted to be in the fight, and that's why he serves as a senior advisor to the Convention of States Project. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark Meckler, if people want to help, if they want to support the cause, where do they go? Go to conventionofstates.com because, Mark, you and I can talk about it, but it's going to take regular patriots, millions of them across the country, to be involved. They can go to conventionofstates.com and get involved. 
All right, keep up the fight. We're we're uh, we're rooting for you. Thanks God so much, you, brother. Thanks a lot. You too. Be well. Well, there you have it. Isn't it always the way? The other side is, you know, ideologically they goose step in one direction. They get all the funding. They do their thing. Our side, I mean, we we are attacked by this fifth column, and it happens all the time. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Dollar Shave Club. If the first thing that pops into your head is an amazing, affordable shave, this will blow your mind. That's because Dollar Shave Club now has everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, and more. And, of course, the amazing, affordable, high-quality shave you get from DSC's Executive Razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. Now, you have to experience it. Another must-have experience is how they deliver everything to you. That means no more trips to the store, wandering the aisles, hunting for razor, shampoo, and toothpaste. Only then having to play at being a cashier, scanning and bagging your own stuff. For a mind-blowing experience, join Dollar Shave Club today. And for just $5, 5 bucks with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shea butter and body cleanser. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. I get the Dollar Shave Club blades, and I want to strongly encourage you to do the same. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. One more time, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. James in Maryland, the great WMAL, go. Yeah, I'm, I want to know what the big deal is. If Trump thinks he's innocent, let Mueller do an investigation, and then he can just clown him left, right, and center when everything comes up nothing. All right, two things. Trump is letting him do the investigation, but he doesn't have to sit there like a mute and not comment about it. Why shouldn't he comment about it if he thinks the prosecutor's out of control? That's number one. Number two, uh, you say if he's, if he's innocent, just let him do his job and so forth and so on. I don't know of anybody who faces a prosecutor who just lets the prosecutor do his job. You have to defend yourself, particularly against a prosecutor who has a very poor record of pursuing the truth. Now, you live in the Washington, D.C. area, right? Yeah. You remember the anthrax case, right? Yeah. And this guy was hunted down for five years by Mr. Mueller at the FBI. The only problem was, James, it was the wrong guy. And Mr. Mueller still hasn't apologized to him. The actual guy died. And uh, the Justice Department had to pay the gentleman who was not guilty of anything over $5 million because he was smeared by Mueller and company. I don't know. Would you just hang back if this guy were chasing you? Trump did the same thing with the New York Five, though. Right, thanks for your call. There they go. Liberals are just crazy bastards. They just are. They won't be happy until Trump is treated like Mussolini dragged through the streets naked and tied to a telephone pole by his foot. That's what they want. That's what the left wants. This is what the left wants. This is who they are. Not civil. Believe in due process. Doesn't matter what I say. And that includes the media, the Praetorian Guard. 
Amy in Idaho on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. Oh, great. You can hear me. Um, (laughs) I really want to speak to the young people of America because, I mean, they don't remember 30 years ago when the wall fell. You know, they don't remember people defecting from the Soviet Union. And they don't remember all the millions of people starved to death by Stalin, you know. And so we have these, this is insane how we're not teaching our children anymore about how horrible and what a lie communism, socialism is. And uh, my, my background is that my mother um, was a Vietnam widow. Her husband, her first husband died in Vietnam, and the, the FBI approached her and said, hello, will you please go join the Communist Party uh, in Los Angeles? She lives in Los Angeles, which is a little town. All right, we're going to run out of time. So you're saying she became an informant. So the point is that um, she joined the Communist Party, and she spent three years, in fact, she should get her on the show, but she spent three years traveling with the okay. high the Communist Party in the United States. And the kids don't understand today that the whole goal of the Communist Party is to weaken America from the inside so that they can take it over. All right, my friend. Appreciate that. Let us continue. Let's see here. David, Charlotte, North Carolina, Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Hey, Mr. Levin. Appreciate the program. Very well put together. I enjoy it. Um, My question for you, and and I guess before I I make the question, I had a thought that, you know, you were discussing Mueller. I don't understand why the president doesn't just ask Mueller, you know, through a tweet or whatever, under his, the statute that Mueller was appointed, what exactly is the crime that he's investigating? Because I believe that under the statute there has to be a specific crime. And he seems- I, I, I know, but I don't see if the president tweets that out. He's, it's like Mueller says, oh, gee, let me respond. It's not going to happen. Right, but he's made his point. But he's made the point already. He says over and over again, there's no collusion and I didn't do anything wrong. There's no collusion. I didn't do anything wrong. Now we have guys like now we have guys like Trey Gowdy out there saying, "Well, the issue isn't the issue isn't collusion. The issue is Russian interference in the election." Good, Trey. Well, how come Hillary Clinton's not under investigation? I agree. Um, my question was to uh, Mr. Flynn, uh, Michael Flynn. Now that it's become um, known that uh, the judge that that basically accepted his. Um, guilty plea for lying, supposedly lying to the to the FBI. Contreras, um, apparently that judge has a uh, had a. What, what's your question? We got. We're going to run out of time. How may I help you? What's your question? Should Should Flynn withdraw his guilty plea? Well, I think Flynn's lawyers should make the case to the judge uh, that critical information was um, kept from him during the course of their negotiations with the prosecutor. And if that's the case, and I believe it is, yes. Quickly, William in Oregon, we have to go fast. Go. Yes, Mark. Um, I want to say I'm a Trump supporter. I voted for Trump. I'll vote for him again. But uh, my comment is that not all the information is known because the only information that we are given is what the media are those that are in control. No, 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 it's not true. The inspector general made his recommendation. Uh, the FBI director suspended him. The OPR recommended that he be fired. We know quite a bit. I want to know everything because I think it'll prove my point that he's he's a corrupt cop. We salute all you heroes out there. Look, 30 minutes from now, 
Hannity TV, the Fox News channel. I'll be there live. I'll see you there.